Hello, I'm Karen. And I'm Emily. And if you, like us, are slightly on the nerdy side and have an interest, fascination or musing for anything historical, then we have the podcast for you. Our podcast, A Nice Cup of History, takes a historical event, place or person and delves into the facts, fictions and myths surrounding it, all whilst enjoying a nice cuppa or sometimes something stronger. Each week, we finish with a special segment we call Ridiculous Deaths, which looks into the absolute bizarre ways some people have died or survived and what we can learn from them, such as why alcohol and sailing should never go hand in hand on a moonlit night and why bridges and butts don't mix. We are listened to globally, which blows our minds. So if you have any suggestions for topics for us to discuss, please let us know. So come join us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts from and let's let's get get historical. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. And Outlaw. And we are here before the start of our episode just to let you know that this episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast is actually divided into two parts. Why, you ask? Because we had a lot to get off our chest. And shoulders, and backs, and <laughs> ears, and arms. Exactly. So, what we decided to do is there's going to be two parts to this episode. Part one will cover what normally is how is our week. We'll also review the new restaurant, Pocolobuca, as well as the new Prince experience. Um, we'll also discuss um experience that we had at the Oak Brook Center Mall. Segment two, um, part two, rather, will cover the best thing we ate this week, along with the three stories that normally intersect food and pop culture. So we thank you for understanding, and we'll promise that we'll be back with a single episode come in two weeks. Enjoy. This is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we are back with the next segment of the Gourmet Gooper podcast called What's Eating Us. That's where we share with you some of the news stories that really we feel cross the intersection of food and pop culture. And this segment, this episode out, <laughs> I'm really super excited to be able to touch upon these stories. But before I do, I wanted to take a really quick moment if I can, Big Daddy. To just um, send some love and acknowledge um, one of our fellow podcasters. Um, We didn't get a chance to talk about it in the last segment. Um, For those of you who listen to our podcast regularly, you'll know that one of the shows that really inspired us to go into podcasting ourselves um, is The Read. Um, It's a show that's been on a long time. It's kind of a legendary show um, hosted by... Two extraordinary podcasters, Kit Fury and Crystal West. Um, they've even had like a short um, television show on the Fuse Network, which, by the way, if you get a chance to watch those episodes, please get your life and watch it, especially the one with T.S. Madison. Love that. In fact, I'm shouting it to the universe now. I want to have T.S. Madison on the show one day. But anyway, um, wanted to just send some love and some. Um, vibes and mostly just appreciation and to one of the co-hosts again kit fury he's definitely one of the best ones in the game um in their last episode um kit fury um had let the listeners know that he's going to be taking a short break um just to take care of himself um and do some most much needed 
self-care um, in regards to his mental health. Um, and we know that as podcasters, it's really hard to be on the mic because whether or not you intended to, I think even with us, not to make it about us, but with us, you reveal a lot of your personal life and, you know, your insecurities and your feelings and your emotions on the mic. And so I, first of all, I just wanted to just give him a shout out and show him some love and some appreciation because being vulnerable on the mic and acknowledging when you need help, it's always hard, you know, because you never know how the listeners will respond. And I am just so in awe on him and appreciative of him um, over the years as he's talked about it openly. And I'm really happy um, that he's taking some much needed time for him um, to deal with some issues off the mic. Um, and I just want to send, take this opportunity to send him, you know, some much needed joy and healing um, just to tell him thank you. Because I think sometimes when you like by yourself, whether you're in your recording studio or in your dining room table or wherever you record, um, when you're a content creator, I don't think you hear that enough. So I want to say thank you for all the great years of entertainment. Um, definitely, I'm so happy that you're taking this time and you recognize that you need to take this time for you. And if and when you come back, we will be here with open arms to welcome you back. Um, so I just thought it would be kind of a good thing to say that and to acknowledge that because so many of us, particularly us Black podcasters, own a lot to some of the OG podcasters like Hit Fury. Um, and so I thought it would be appropriate to say that. Well, the best way I can, I can, you know, express my, you know, my feelings for a kid is this, is I don't completely know every part of your journey. I know that we are different people, but I know that you, your spirit is strong. Then your pain is real. Right. And I understand that, like we said, we let little pieces of ourselves on, kind of come out on the mic and little pieces of us kind of come out. So I also understand the concept of mental health and taking care of yourself and what you have to go through. I've gone through it. I am going through it. The goober is going through it. Um, but like I said, all of our journeys are different. It's just a matter of the ultimate goal is for all of us as a global community to mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, occupationally, all be clear of who we are and be strong. And right. the best way I can say to you, Kid Fury, is this, man, I'm just going to pray for you, bro. That's all I can say. Right. And for Crystal also. Uh, these journeys are real, and uh, the pain that you go through along with it is real also. So um, much up, much spirit, and continue to do your best, dude. Right. Um, yeah, I, I concur with Big Daddy. Um, I, I have... Um, you know, from time to time, I struggle with my mental health. I fully am a believer in therapy <laughs> for my own personal journey. Um, and I want to say that openly because I know, especially in certain historical marginalized community and black and brown community, saying that is really something that's not taught. So I am a full believer in that. Um, and... We just want to send you some encouragement and to tell you that we love you and we wanted to thank you and definitely take this time um, to take care of you, to take care of your spirit, to rejuvenate um, and connect again um, to get what you need. And like I said, if you come back to the mic, we will all welcome and really appreciate that because we think that you're a voice that needs to be heard. But if your journey takes you elsewhere, 
we have nothing but love for you. And again, nothing but gratitude for the work and the contribution that you've given over the years with the read and offline as well, because he's done other things. So anyway, we'll, we're going to change gears now, but pivot. we're going to pivot. But I just wanted to say that first and foremost, because it needs to be said. Um, so yes, thank you. So with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and pivot, like I said, to three stories that I know um, are, are, are just, I, I think, stuff that our listeners would want to know. And this first story, there's no easy way to pivot what we just said to the story. Minute. I wish we had like a red alert, like, you know, like notification <laughs> just to go off like, like warning, warning, danger Will Robinson, danger Will Robinson. Wait a minute, are you talking about when you found out that, you know, the Star Trek siren that I had? Yes. It's an echo. Yes. yes. Literally, that is exactly what, what, it's just like, you know, when we were talking about uh, last time, like, you know, the popcorn shortage. That should have been my red alert, so this one is yours. Yes. So the first story, you may have heard about it. I was a little late to the game because I just, I don't know why I didn't hear about this until last week. But those of you out there who really know me know that I like the spicy food. I I have to think or curse, (laughs) whichever one it may be, an ex of mine who insisted on putting hot sauce on everything and now I crave hot sauce as I tell people I put hot sauce on my hot sauce but specifically I am an aficionado of sriracha a devotee I'm a true devotee of all things sriracha sriracha popcorn I add sriracha to my (laughs) ranch sauce (laughs) I love sriracha when when I make buffalo wings. Big Daddy laughs because he's just like, this recipe calls for, like, Frank's hot. And I look at him like, sriracha. And he'll stop and go, sriracha, right? Yeah, sriracha. (laughs) We're a sriracha house, okay? (laughs) And I don't even know where my love of sriracha comes from. But I just know it is wide and it is deep, which is why this news cuts me. Folks, this is not a drill. We are running out of hot sriracha hot sauce. <laughs> the company that makes sriracha, and I hope I didn't mispronounce this, Hoi Fung Foods, sent an email out to their customers in late April that it will have to stop making the hot sauce for the next few months due to quote unquote severe condition weather conditions affecting the quality of chili peppers. Now for those of us who love sriracha, it's kind of like a cult following. You know, you get it in restaurants. You know, I hit it up whenever I hit ramen. I, I just love it. But the idea that we're going to be without our favorite stuff, I, I admit it's hidden me a certain way. And to be fair, Big Daddy was asleep when I found this out. I literally shook him away. Yo, we're going to have to go and serve for some sriracha. How much sriracha do we have in the kitchen? And then I go and look. We're down to half a bottle. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> the bottle is in my hand. I've been to... Do you need to hug it? I have hugged it, and I'm not ashamed. Okay. <laughs> so... Grocery stores in parts of the country have reported already running low in stock and restaurant owners as a result, as well as grocery stores, are facing higher prices as a result. In fact, I, 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 I particularly call attention to this um, one particular person who is a co-owner of restaurant Faux Viet in Washington, D.C. He was interviewed by NPR. And he said, usually when I buy a case of sriracha, it's usually around 30 to $32 a case. Now it's almost $50. Uh, 
And he claims if prices go up higher, he's going to have to switch to another brand. I, and I know that you're telling me right now, those of you who do not understand the cult of Sriracha, let me tell you, this is real. This is real. This is real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what they're saying is happening is this is due to a fact to a failed chili pepper harvest in northern Mexico, um, where all the chili used in sriracha comes from. So just think about it. This one area is responsible for all the chili in sriracha because sriracha is actually made from a very special type of pepper that only grows in southern United States and and red Mex- uh, northern Mexico. They're called red jalapenos. Okay. So they're only grown during the first four months of the year. And if it doesn't get it, no sriracha. So for a certain segment of the population that does not understand, one, the goober puts that on everything. <laughs> one. Popcorn, ranch dressing. Last night we made tacos. I actually added a little to the tacos. You have to ration that first. <laughs> ration your you use it. <laughs> We're gonna have to stock up, you know, almost like it's Armageddon. But two, I will be fighting y'all and be ready for a street fight, North Chicago. Okay, <laughs> we don't need any switchblade fights to <laughs> break out. But two, for a certain segment of the population that does not understand, I'm gonna give you the equivalency from the same area. If for some reason there became a huge, and I think there was at a certain point. A huge avocado shortage. Oh. Then you will lose your mind. This is almost the equivalent, just in another direction. That is true. This reminds me of the, you know, like the little part from Head to State with Chris Rock and Bernie <laughs> Mac. When like, you know, all of a sudden like all the the people of a certain population just start running out of their houses. <laughs> After they realized that black folks were voting, like in numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same way. Like, I can see, like, people running in masses in the streets to, like, stock up on this crap. Mm. It's real. So, okay, are you going to be okay? Do you, need, uh, do you need help? Do you need Do you need assistance? No. Will you be able to suffice with, like, Louisiana hot sauce? No! Well, Frank's not be able to help you. Frank's will not be able to help me. So, mm. I, I, I just, I, I just wanted to share this because, as a responsible content creator, I, I want to make sure that I get this information out. But at the same time, I, I think it's kind of important that I um, <laughs> just prepare everybody. Because sister is not afraid to lay hands for that last bottle. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe so. get some, maybe get some bill money out. Get some bill money. <laughs> this is almost like the uh, what was it? The Black Keys and RZA like doing uh, the Bass Man Live. Oh yes, she, where they yeah. have like the slap fight in the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> Which, if you really look around on the table, was some sriracha. See, I would start the fight with the RZA and the Black Keys, and then why everyone's distracted, take the Sriracha. Okay. Note it. So, so I guess I'm, I'm reporting the story because, one, we want the lecture that you know. Yes, a serious journalist. This is exactly the point that we need to make. This is serious. <laughs> Two. Very serious. Two, if anyone has any suggestions... On either A, how sis can find some sriracha, but B, <laughs> what would be a suitable solution replacement if I'm forced to go without? Although I have to say, the chili sauce that they also have um, outside of sriracha, I was able to find a lot of that. Okay. So don't be surprised you go into the cabinet and you see some of that. It's sort of a replacement for it. <laughs> I also put that on the tacos yesterday. <laughs> you are a busy woman. I'm surprised your gut can take that. <laughs> I make the taco 
just not so spicy for you. So basically, you put mayonnaise in it. No, no. I just... Okay. Big Daddy and I have an issue that I do not make... I, I do not make... I love spicy food, but Big Daddy not so much. My, uh, <laughs> my gut didn't say that. My gut says, hey, um... So you, you basically hit vanilla. <laughs> you like... There's nothing spicy in your, like, repertoire. Yeah. You look at ghost pepper chilies and then you just kind of wilt. Yeah, that's me. So, I purposely do that so that you can enjoy it and then I add accoutrements later. So, we're to the point of accoutrements. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> I, I, I guess if I know how it affects me. How, how are you feeling about the sriracha shortage? Or are you worried about dealing with my meltdown when I finally reach the point this year that we won't be able to have any? Yes, I am. <laughs> because it's like the the concept of like you waking up and not having coffee is... Yes. You do it for all of us. Yes, I, I drink coffee seriously for everyone else. I stay caffeinated for all of you. Because without it, well... I, I don't turn want into you the like Hulk. running around like, you know... <laughs> Like pickaxing folks. <laughs> you know in the Marvel like Infinity War or the Avengers when they're like we have a Hulk. Yeah. And that's usually me without any coffee. <laughs> you know, and Loki says, and second of all, we have a Hulk. And he's just holding like a cup of coffee for me. Jennifer, go get him. <laughs> See that I would be also me. have a theory. <laughs> And my theory is this. See, for all you Marvel heads out there, including the Goober, I have been running this joke for a while that Thanos wasn't really going for the Infinity Stones as such because they're all powerful. It was each one of the stones that the Infinity Gauntlet had were different ingredients for the gumbo that Thanos was making. Yes, he's convinced at the end of the movie when Thanos, or no, when they found Thanos in Endgame, he was eating gumbo. Here's the thing, though. This also means that I may not be able to make righteous gumbo. Because, yes, I put hot, I put sriracha in my gumbo. Moment of silence. So, the, so it affects you, too. I also... Mean, I mean, I could put hot sauce in it, but it's just not hot enough. Also... Thanos, one of the Infinity Stones, inevitably had and had Sriracha as one of the stones. I'm not sure which stone it was. It might have been like the Soul Stone or something, but I think one of them had a Sriracha Stone, I believe. You know, I'm really impressed that we were able to make this about Marvel. Well, I, I had to talk to different segments of populations. At this moment, <laughs> I am the Jesse Jackson of Marvel and Gumbo and Sriracha. That is what I bring to the table. Well, that is me. Oh, keep up alive. <laughs> Continue. I don't know if I can after that. <laughs> yeah, save me for myself. Well, now that now that I'm passing on that sad news, um. Let's, happy. Let's let's just take a moment to say goodbye to Sriracha for a while, because there's no word as to when they'll come back. We cannot say goodbye. We can only say, "Hurry up and come back." <laughs> so switching gears from something hot to something cold, Krispy Kreme has announced for the start of the summer that they are now rolling out ice cream. That's right. That's right. Now, I can see my ears perking up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so they are shaking the world of ice cream to the cone. And they're going to be bringing ice cream treats inspired by your favorite donut flavors. However, this comes with a catch. It does? Yes. Mm -hmm. The flavors, which include original glazed cone, uh, chocolate ice cone, 
strawberry ice sprinkle cone. Um, they also have uh, shakes as well. So you can get original glaze shake, birthday batter cake shake, strawberry ice sprinkle shake. They also have a lemon filled shake, a coffee and cream shake, a cookies and cream shake. Okay, I'm in the door now. <laughs> and a chocolate ice shake. So they are rolling those out beginning today and time for the, um, today being Tuesday, the 21st. Of June. Of June. The longest day of the year. And to celebrate the start of summer. That's the good news. The bad news that might get you a little bit hot is uh, the spritz of sriracha is they're not offering it everywhere. She'll say what? <laughs> so if you happen to live in Tennessee, West Virginia, um, and only one place in West Virginia, South Charleston, West Virginia, Boone, North Carolina, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, or Clemens, North Carolina, congratulations. You are the lucky people who get to try this ice cream. It's only in those locations. Okay. So, now that I bumped you out, <laughs> how does that sound? I mean, I totally am down for it. In fact, I'm surprised that they have not come up with an ice cream um, flavor before Krispy Kreme. So, this is exciting. And maybe they'll, if it's successful, they'll roll it out nationwide. But which one of those sound like it would be one that you would want to try and take I on? love milkshakes. <laughs> and I love original glazed. You that probably take that because it's closest to vanilla. <laughs> Shut up. I would take everything. I, I'm also a big fan of like, you know, like a good chocolate. I love my cookies and cream just depending on how, you know, crunchy or, you know, how smooth the different, you know, mixtures are. But, uh, yeah, I I, I have I, I almost like almost all of them, all yeah. the like all the different flavors that they come out with. You know what? Um, of the ice cream, I would definitely try the strawberry ice sprinkle cone. Mm -hmm. That sounds really delicious. Of course, I'm always appreciative of chocolate. But I, surprisingly, I'm not really sure if I would want the coffee and cream one, which I know is shocking because I love coffee. Yes. You <clears> love <throat> coffee. You love cream. But a good coffee milkshake sometimes are hit or miss. Okay. So if Fair you enough. get like... Too strong a coffee might overpower the flavor of the ice cream. You know, instead of an, a straight-up milkshake, a coffee milkshake, what I would prefer is there is something that's called an affogato. And so what it is, is actually um, a scoop of ice cream that's usually drowned with a shot of espresso. I knew espresso was going to show his face somewhere in this segment. <laughs> no, but it's like really, really good. So it's like either ice cream or gelato. Um, and with the shot of espresso, you, you can actually get them. Well, I don't know if you can still get them. It used to be that you could get them at Italy. Okay. And Chicago, that's the one that I found that was like really, really super good. But any Italian cafe, I imagine, would serve it as well. But it's it's really great because it's not blended in. So you can still get the notes of the espresso along with the, the gelato and the ice cream. And it kind of, it pairs really, really well. So one doesn't dull the other, so to speak. I'm too simple for this. <laughs> so thus, I would like to You're like, back. I do milkshake. I do milkshake. <laughs> I do ice cream. Yes, sometimes I do gelato, gelati, gelata. At the same time, yes, I, I I have flavors that I like. Some of them, yes, are very vanilla flavored. But yes, uh, I'm going to need to consider taking a road trip to one of these spots just to help, you know, produce it. Because, you know, if there's one thing I, I love about Krispy Kreme is that they have very good accruements depending on, like, the day you go. But the thing that has always maddened me about Krispy Kreme and or some creameries and vendors and uh, places as such that come out of the South. Right. 
I need for y'all to understand that some of us up in the north like your crap too. So it would really help you to spread <laughs> out nationwide to places where I can get it because let me let you know a story. When was the first time you hit you had Krispy Kreme? It's when I lived down south. Yeah. The first time I had Krispy Kreme, I think I was a, a sophomore or junior in college. And I had to go to, like, Fort Wayne, not that I wanted to. I had to go to Indianapolis, not because I wanted to. But I had to go other places. You couldn't originally get Krispy Kreme in Chicago. Because I, I, where I was, they didn't have any Krispy Kreme. We had to suffer through Dunkin' Donuts. Nothing against Dunkin'. But the concept is, Krispy Kreme wasn't everywhere yet. And even now, it's not immediately within, like, you know, hands grip for me to get it. So I would like to say, I would like to help promote it so you can bring it out nationwide. So we can all, once again, keep hope alive, be able to have this Krispy Kreme ice cream in different flavors. Really? Yes. Really? You're going there? Hey, if you want to, I could change this whole thing around and do like a Bluebell commercial, but let, let, since they ain't paying me. Well, Krispy Kreme is not paying you either. <laughs> let me, if you would like to. Let the record show Krispy Kreme is not paying us a dime, okay? We just let you know this is happening. <laughs> so Just taking all my joy. So if you guys are live in one of those special places... <laughs> Please give us a heads up and let us know how the Krispy Kreme is. And if you try the milkshake, especially, let us know. Speaking of milkshake, you know what goes with a really great milkshake? A chicken nugget. Wait, what? Chicken nuggets. A chicken nugget. Chicken nuggets and milkshakes. How, wait a minute. How, how does this come about? I, I, I've never had a chicken nugget and... Ice cream. Uh, well, okay, I'm talking steak. to someone who's never even had a frosty and a French fry before you met me. That was lacking. <laughs> okay, I live a simple life. I went to a small Midwestern school. I went to the same small Midwestern school, and I know about the frosty and the milk and the fries. But I digress. Well, if you're so craving a nugget, might I suggest to you the world's largest chicken nugget? which was recently unveiled in Cambridge <laughs> in the UK. So this nugget was actually introduced and it was created by two people who are popular on TikTok, Lynn Davis and Nick Giovanni. The nugget weighs 46 pounds and 3.34 ounces and it was 115 times larger than your average chicken nugget. Yeah, I guess so. Get this. It was actually made with 40 pounds of ground chicken and a whopping 40 eggs. And it was the equivalent of 60 chickens make up the meat. Now, I'm thinking for that size, you got like about 16, 17 foghorn horns there. <laughs> Not only that, but it's worth a half gallon of whole milk, 40 slices of white bread, Three quarters of a cup of onion powder, which means they didn't really flavor it all that much. Yeah, I was thinking like, where's the salt and pepper on this? <laughs> and a half a cup of pepper and a cup of salt, if you decide to make it yourself. So they also use just like a ton of breadcrumbs, beaten the chicken, and it was then weighed by the Guinness Book of World Records and cooked. Um, oh, and I'm sorry, I said Cambridge, UK. I meant Cambridge, Massachusetts is where they actually um, created and unveiled it. Yeah, because I'm thinking the UK probably couldn't hold something that size. I don't know. They like their Kentucky Fried Chicken. They might like this one. <laughs> They're not. Mm. So my question is, first of all, what are you thinking of the large, world's largest chicken nugget? Would that be something that you would even try? My question is, where the hell do you get all the ranch dressing to dump it into? You took the words out of my mouth. Is there like the, the world's largest ranch? Well, I was going to say Sriracha Ranch, but not anymore. <laughs> it's not dead. 
It's just on, <laughs> on it's just on like, you know, it's, it, you will have sriracha again. Because I like my nuggets. Not that I eat a lot of nuggets. I prefer tenders. But if I were going to do a nugget, it would be with sriracha <laughs> That's okay. I like mine with honey mustard. But at the same time, no, I, as well as I find it amusing, one, is it really a nugget? You know what? That's true. Because at what point... Does the size get so large that it's no longer be called a nugget? Right. It's like a really large chicken meatball. <laughs> I mean... Because didn't we like get into a conversation when we were um, <laughs> talking like, about the story off mic during our production meeting? Because a nugget is usually a tidbit or like a small quantity, a s- small, usually rounded piece. This is not legally a nugget. <laughs> and no. then you're like, can something be legally declared a nugget? Yeah, how do you legally declare a nugget? <laughs> You'd be like, do y'all have to like file papers like through a patent office? Do you have to sit down and like take this to court and like I wanna see the judge who says, I rule that this is or is not a nugget. And at what point do you just walk away from acknowledging that it's a nugget? Yeah. I'm sorry to tell you, this could be a nugget, could be a tender. It could just be a very big ball of just chicken fluff. I'm like, <laughs> how do you bind that together? I'm like, you have to get like a whole bunch of eggs to, to get that going. Is it technically truly a nugget? Here's my question, because of the two of us, you are like the nugget king. Like whenever we go to a drive through you have to get like a six-peak nugget. Would you, if you were presented with an opportunity to try the world's largest chicken nugget, would you do it? Yes, but I'm bringing a chainsaw to cut it down the size. I mean, uh, there's something in the purity of like making something so big that you're just like, ooh, this is the world's biggest chicken bowl. But at the same time, I'm like, would I eat it? Yeah, I'd bring some friends and yeah, we'd have a party with it. <laughs> How many, how much people, I mean, how many people do you think it would take to eat in one sitting? Because that's a huge ass nugget. Okay. Although, you know what? Now that I think about it, it would be a boneless wing. Because remember, boneless wings are nuggets. Yes, that is something you brought up. Yes, that is correct. So it's the world's largest boneless wing. Would it count as that too? Possibly. <laughs> what legally constitutes it being a nugget or a boneless wing? Real man of genius. <laughs> yes, I, I. But I guess going back to your question, we say it came out to be like forty-six pounds, right? Right. Okay. So if I was doing horrible math here, I would say that maybe I would get like maybe twenty-two, twenty-three friends together. We would have like a little like. Think about it. We can invite this, the world's largest nugget to a cookout. We can get a whole bunch of barbecue sauce <laughs> or some ranch or some honey mustard and we can have us a big old like fiesta together. Oh wow. See, I have plans for this nugget. I have thoughts about how this nugget would be devoured. <laughs> Think about it. We could like we could sit there and we could play spades <laughs> and eat. Oh wait a minute, I take that back. I don't play spades cuz I don't feel like getting cut. It's just my family who would cut you. Isn't that bad enough? (sighs) I'm not getting books cut on me. Like, no. Maybe not spades. Maybe some poker or gin rummy. Oh, no. You're going to have to have a little bit more seasoning to bring that to the cookout. That said... Oh, we'll bring seasoning. It sounds like it would be... You know what? I would try it. I would try a piece of it. I would try a nugget of the nugget. Yeah, you can... (laughs) Okay. That's good. That was nice. <laughs> but you got to bring some. I, you can be a, amongst the twenty-three friends that we bring along. <laughs> so on that note, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we will close out with the best thing we ate this week. You're listening to the Gourmet Cooper podcast. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw and T Outlaw, and we are back with the last section of the Gourmet Cooper podcast, where we talk about the best thing we ate this week. So come get this. (laughs) 
as always, we want to hear what you like to eat as well. So we are asking you to um, drop us a line. You can email us at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Again, that's thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And share your favorite restaurant, favorite recipe, favorite hole roll, favorite dive bar. If they have some grub that you think our listeners need to know, then tell us about that stuff. Lots of restaurants have been hurt by the pandemic. And as we all come back, it's important for us to show these individuals, many of which who worked um, in conditions where many of us work safely from home, we want to show them some love. So that's why we started the tradition of the best thing we ate this week before the pandemic. And that's why we fight so hard to keep it going afterwards. So give us a, them a shout out if you can. Just email us at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. So as always, we start this last segment with Big Daddy. That's me. <laughs> so T Outlaw, tell us what's the best thing you ate since we were last on the mic. Well, since the last time we were on the <laughs> mic, uh, the so a little earlier we talked about our little June tenth trip uh, to Chicago and to the western suburbs, and right before we got to the Prince Immersive Experience, uh, we stopped real quick and grabbed an early lunch. And of all places, I know we had just come from the train station and we were like looking for a quick place to eat before we walked up uh, to the experience. And of all places, uh, the Goober selected Sweet Green, which is <laughs> kind of more a healthy food uh, interaction uh, food spot and you know me who looks like you know he's never met a green uh, I was like uh, uh, okay I guess uh, I'll, you know, I'll do it once since I knew that we were going to be eating like good Italian food later on in the evening I figured I would you know try a healthy palate so the you know, me being me, I'm like, I'll just take whatever, you, you know, I see on the menu. And the Goober selected something in the form of, I believe it was hot honey chicken bowl. Yes. Yes. Did it, did it have almonds in it? It did, actually. Um, the hot honey chicken bowl had a hot honey, I think it was like a hot honey mustard. Yes. And it had several different types of vegetables. But yes, it also had almonds Sweet potatoes. On it. <laughs> it, it, along with almonds. Yes. Which is interesting. I'm surprised that you like that so much because, as Big Daddy said, he is not so big on the salad, yo. <laughs> no. A salad, basically, to me, originally, in my original, like, as the Goober and I first got uh, together and got married, uh, my concept of salads were... Here's some lettuce, and here's some fresh water. Rinse them well, clean them out. You know, I wouldn't even eat, uh, hell. He wouldn't even eat the dressing. I would have no dressing whatsoever at first. He didn't know about the ranch. Oh, my God. <laughs> and even when I first started eating <laughs> salad dressings, I would not, like, imbibe in, like, Caesars or Thousand Island or, of course, Ranch. Buttermilk for the goober. <laughs> um, but this one had a very nice, delicate seasoning. It had good dressing. It had good flavor. And, you know, for a person who doesn't eat almonds, it you know, the almonds, for the most part, were like very, uh, they were chopped up very cleanly. I was actually quite impressed. Wait, you don't eat almonds? No. Ever? No. Huh, why didn't I not know that about you? Yeah, almonds are literally the things that, you know, they're in like certain mixes that... Right. I just happen to like, well, I'm just going to say I discard them from time to time, but I'm not going to tell you how. Okay, first of all, I don't need to know how. Don't, don't, don't put that in no, my head. just continue. <laughs> But second of all, I'm trying to think, in all the years I've cooked things for you, now that I think about it, yeah, I don't, I know I eat almonds, but I guess I didn't know that about you. Yeah. 
with trail mixes and different uh, tub mixes, no. Never, like, even with, like, every side of nuts I eat usually are, like, roasted peanuts or regular, you know, dry, salted, smoked peanuts. Yeah, I never eat almonds. So if you got almonds as part of what we used to call back in the day GORP, which even though it stands for good old raisins and peanuts, which I know you would not touch the raisins because you hate raisins. <laughs> but GORP was the name that we used to use as a kid that was the stand-in for any trail mix. So if you got like a mixed nut or like a trail mix without raisins, you would pick out the almonds. Depending on the size of them, most likely, yeah. I never knew that. See, this exercise on the best thing we ate this week, we never really talk about what we choose or anything because we want to be surprised when the mic. But it also proves that you can be with someone for like your entire adult life and never know something about the other person. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's a good thing that almond butter I ordered, I, I decided not to get it. <laughs> no, no. I have no, I have no, like, like the concept of an almond is not completely foreign to me. Like, I will eat almond butter or, like, if you chop up, a, you know, almonds within a mix. Right. And you chop them up fine. No, I don't, I don't really have a problem with the taste of an almond. It's just, I was never a big almond eater. Like, throughout my entire life, it's usually just very finely chopped almonds or, you know, just a mix. You know, it, I usually wouldn't eat them by themselves. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, first of all, good to know. <laughs> I'm just wrecking you entire day, aren't I? Do not give Big Daddy any almonds. <laughs> um, but, um... Yeah, that, so, wow, yeah. that's good to know. <laughs> so anyway, sweet green, <laughs> honey, well, hi honey, chicken, because you know, I like my chicken, you know, especially if you season it well. Hi honey chicken bowl was the best thing I ate this week. Awesome. One other thing I wanted to point out about sweet greens, and I'll put a link to the rest I'll, I'll put a link to the restaurant as i always do in the show notes however one thing that i do want to come up with is that um i don't know if you recall because we're now in our third year of podcasting right yes but we did an episode some time ago long before you know the before times of the pandemic where we talked about how there were restaurants that were going cashless, right? Yes. And, and Sweet Greens, I remember mentioning that they were one of the restaurants that were cashless and that we had talked about that and under the guise of one of the stories we did that New York decided to ban cashless restaurants because on one hand, we think, oh, that's really convenient, right? You know, you're on your way out, you're doing like a, you know touchless handoff and you can just touch your card and be going but for many people who do not have access to credit cards either because they're homeless or they're dealing with incidents of homelessness rather or they're unbanked or they work in or live in an environment that makes it difficult maybe because of documentation and other issues not everyone can obtain a credit card and as many restaurants made the move back then towards being cashless, it excluded a lot of people from having access to food, which is a problem when you go to places like food deserts, where oftentimes these restaurants will be in place of grocery stores and other things. So Sweet Greens, very famously in Chicago, and other cities announced that they went cashless some time ago. And I'm happy to report that they have dropped that because as many people have shown, a lot of people just don't have access to credit or to a bank account to use a debit account. And this was keeping a lot of people from access to Sweet Green's really healthy food. So Could um, you do it via app? Um, you can definitely do it via an app if that's what you want. Remember when we were there, we downloaded the app? 
Mm-hmm. But if you just came off the street and say, for instance, the only thing you had was cash. Okay. You can now go and pay with cash is what I'm saying. Okay. That makes sense. So yay, sweet greens for making that change. <laughs> um, again, it's, it's important to me because, you know, I was made aware of that some time ago when I used to work in justice work at Another Life. Um, and someone pointed out that particularly with people who are experiencing homelessness, when they do get access to funding, it's usually cash, right? Yes. So, yay. Um, now everyone can benefit and take advantage and try the hot honey chicken. Um, and like I said, I'm glad you really liked it. And I will put a link to the show notes so you can take advantage of it. Even though, I guess, okay, I'm going to be the person who starts this because I'm stupid. Is it sweet green or sweet greens? Oh, my God. You know, you are right. And we talked about this. <laughs> it is sweet green. <laughs> and the reason why we're laughing is Big Daddy and I were talking about how um, <laughs> it's a cultural thing sometimes as black people. That we add the S to things that do not have the S. Like, for example, it is not Aldi's. It is Aldi. <laughs> it's just not Jules. It's Jewel. It is Jewel. As in Jewel Osco, a grocery store chain here in Chicago. <laughs> it's not Kroger's. It's Kroger. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a whole range of things that we just naturally just add that S to. It's a cultural thing. I don't know if other cultures do it, so... Obviously, we may not be the only ones, but... No. Uh, we, I'm sure there are some people out there who, whether or not, you know, whatever your persuasion is, like, you go to Walmarts or, you know... It's not Myers. Not, it's yeah, it's Myers. Yeah. Meyer. <laughs> Myers. But Myers. everybody I know call it Myers. <laughs> yeah, I used to, way back in the day, this is going to show my age, I used to go to Zayers. Exactly. And it's not Zayers, it's Zare. Yeah. You go to Kmart's. Why did we do that? I don't know. It's out just a slide of the tongue, I guess. It like is... we put Z's on things sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not sweet greens. It's sweet green. <laughs> yeah. And I will put a link to it in the show notes. <laughs> there we go. So my choice for the best thing I ate this week actually came from our good friends that we talked about earlier um the piccolo buca um restaurant in old brook center um they had like i said before as a dessert they had this incredible um range of gelatis that you could order and the gelati is made from a chicago-based company that's called black dog gelato Black Dog Gelato. Yes. So the Black Dog Gelato that they produce for them, we got, and you get your choice of anywhere between five flavors to choose from. We chose, once again, hazelnut, vanilla for Big Daddy. And then we decided to try together the olive oil gelati. And I got to say the olive oil gelato was the best thing I ate since we've been lost on the mic. Yeah, I can testify to this because we I, were I fighting it, over it. We were fighting over it. At one point, I sincerely like I took my spoon to like dip into like the little cup, and uh, I think I caught a spoon to the side of my hand. <laughs> I may have smacked his hand. Yeah, she may have taken my hand. Like if she could use the scissors, she would have. First of all, I would not have used the scissors. That we know of. Uh, and besides, we had a knife there. I could have easily used a steak knife. Or- I like how she had options. <laughs> had but your I penis, didn't. had your wife, had your knives. <laughs> but I have to say, I mean, first of all, I know sometimes people are confused between the difference between ice cream and gelato. So they're similar that they're both made with cream, egg, milk, sugar, and eggs. However, gelato is usually creamier, it's smoother, it has a much denser and elastic um, mouthfeel um, and texture than ice cream. And here's something I've learned that's interesting. Gelato is actually served warmer than ice cream. So a general gelato is 
supposed to be served around 7 to 12 degrees Fahrenheit, which is supposed to make your mouth less numb and it allows you to better um, taste the intense flavors, according to Black Dog. So their gelato with the olive oil blended in with the denser flavor, it just all helps to build what is already like a really great mouthfeel because you get the creaminess with the smooth density of the olive oil blended in, right? And then the olive oil has this kind of this rich, uh, fruity flavor, um, the extra virgin olive oil, and it's just amazing. Here's the thing, people. (laughs) Here's the thing. I love the olive oil so much that I actually went online and I was going to order it, right? Because I was just like, I may not be able to make my way to Oak Brook Park, Oak Brook every time, but damn it, I'm going to get this gelato. Well, as it turns out, it's something that they make special for the restaurant. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, there are other recipes, including very famously Mario Patali, as I found out, has an olive oil gelato recipe that he is known for. Um, and again, he's problematic, so I'm not going to encourage you to do it left and right. In fact, I think I found a recipe from Food 52 that I really love that I may try sometime. But yeah, if you want the black dog olive um, gelato, you're going to have to go to the Piccolo Buco, which is only <laughs> at this time in Oakbrook. Okay. <laughs> but I will give the link to it as well. Cool. Even though now that makes me think, like, so if you have to store or, like, serve gelato, like, at a certain temperature, which is above the temperature of your consistency of of traditional ice cream. Right. I guess I would wonder about the storage of it. Like, would it be best to store it, like, in a package that's not, um, like, in a, like, a certain freezer or you have serving in a freezer that's not as cold as some others, like a deep freezer? Well, here's the thing, because I was wondering about that, too. Mm-hmm. But then, if you notice how ice cream is generally um, packaged versus gelato, like gelato is normally like in that glass or a heavier type container, like a heavier plastic or a glass container. Okay. If you see it. So maybe it's the container that allows it to maintain a slightly different temperature than what you get from a regular cardboard garden that you would put ice cream in. Okay. I guess not, yeah. But that's a good question, and maybe we should get, like, someone who's, like, I don't know, maybe we can find someone who's a specialist. Maybe we can interview the people from Valpo Velvet. If you guys don't know, because I don't know, believe it or not, Northwest Indiana has his own brand of ice cream. I kid you not. There's in Valparaiso, Indiana, tucked away, there's like this ice cream factory that mass produces ice cream you can only find here called Valpo Velvet. And I know that we have friends with them because years ago when I did Dish Crawl, um, we were going to include them in our food tours that we were scheduling. Okay. So yeah, maybe we should reach out and ask them. They would be able to answer us. Or since Black Dog is here in Chicago, maybe we should reach out to the people of Black Dog. Okay, I can deal with that. <laughs> so I can ask some very, you know, proficient questions. Yes. So you'd be like, can you make something up to the quality of a bluebell? Oh, my gosh. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, Maybe. that's not a good idea because, you know, I would never leave the house and I'd be 500 pounds if I had ready access to bluebell. <laughs> I'm pretty chunky as it is. <laughs> yeah, now that you say that, you're right. <laughs> you are correct. So, on that note, we are done with yet another episode of the Gourmet Goober Podcast. On behalf of Big Daddy I, I want to be able to say thank you for listening. Until next time, Big Daddy, if they have comments on the show, if they want to talk about <laughs> how you watch Purple Rain backwards. <laughs> yes. How can they get a hold of you on social media, my friend? Well, you can find me on social media at Twitter. With the drop name of T Outlaw, that's T O U T L A W, and on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells. 
hey, you can always connect with me, JJ Outlaw, on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. You can get a hold of me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. It's under the Gourmet Goober podcast, which I manage the account. Um, you can also hit me up at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. The Jerry GG. <laughs> Our Facebook page, which we do not check very often. Again, just to let you know, I think Facebook is the devil. But <laughs> while you're talking to your mom and them, if you want to get a hold of us, we're at the Facebook blog. And as always, check us out at thegourmetgoober.com. You'll never know, um, but you'll be able to find occasionally really cool things that we have going on and stuff that we would like to share. So on behalf of Big Daddy and I, again, wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you for listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. Until next time, happy eating.